Hi, I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. Hi, I'm Susanna Gibb. I am the owner of Gibb Insurance Services and your host for this podcast. We started this podcast because we wanted to focus on the people in our community. An insurance agency is really rooted in its in its community, and nobody really wants to hear about insurance for a whole 30 minutes. But the clients that we work with have some interesting stories, like the one that we have today. Today is Chris and Nicole of Southside Steaks and Cakes. Sometimes I feel like I should rename this podcast, How COVID Changed Things. And there's so many positive stories of things that actually came out of COVID. And theirs is one of them. COVID opened a door for them and changed their business. I really enjoyed talking to them. I can't wait to go and eat their food and sit at their table and see all the things that they are doing to give back to their community. So I hope you enjoy. Oh, and stick around to the end because we'll have our insurance tip, trick, or story of the week. Thanks. My guests today on the podcast are Chris and Nicole, and they are the Southside Steaks and Cakes. And if you haven't gone to their website or Facebook or to see their food, oh my gosh, amazing. And you're going to be so hungry afterwards. So thank you guys for being here with me today. You're welcome. My first 15 years working in my life were in restaurants. And then in insurance, I've worked with a lot of restaurant owners over the years. I don't think people know how physically demanding it is to work in a restaurant, nor do people understand how slim the margins are. Everybody's like, "Woo, their restaurant is so successful, but there's so much work staying successful. So congratulations to all of your success. I know you guys work super hard for it. Now you guys opened and I think that I read this. It's called a food desert in South Dallas. Yeah. Did I read that? Or did somebody else say that a news article said that because basically in the past, it wasn't a lot of restaurants that you could go go to. So we opened up um, back in I don't know. 2016. Yes, 2016. 2016, 15, somewhere in there. Um, it basically wasn't a lot of places to eat. I've always heard that in the restaurant business, if you can make it through your first two to three years, then you start trending upwards. Was that, did you guys find that to be true as well? Yes. 2018, 2019, you're thinking, ooh, this is doing good. We're finally in a spot of hey, this is working, and then 2020 hits, and COVID about did you in, but then it saved you at the same time, didn't yes. it? Do- tell, us, tell us how the food and the fair story, I'm, I'm excited to hear it, how that all went down. Okay. Well, our journey was pretty like a roller coaster when we first started. We started out just as a nonprofit doing the after-school care program and the summer feeding program. So we were actually using the kitchen as a commercial kitchen. And so the owners came and said that we needed to open up something to the public to bring in more traffic. And so that's how we got started. We based, they say you can do an event center or you can do a restaurant. So we put some ideas together and around the 4th of July, Chris started just going around, passing out wings and samples of cheese steaks and everything to the patrons on the 4th of July that were outside ready to watch the uh, fireworks at the fair park. 
And so starting on that Monday, we had a line. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And so from that point, we grabbed cash registers. registers. Our family jumped in and everyone just started helping us because we initially just didn't think about being in a restaurant business. And so that's how Southside Steaks and Cakes were, were was born. I read that you guys had to watch YouTube videos on how to work the cash yeah, registers. It was basically like a chapter before that. We had to do research and see what exactly wasn't in that area and see what we could kind of, what was, you know, what we had hot demand. You know, we basically like going into it as a, in a survival mode. So it wasn't no weed stops or no cheesesteak spots or it wasn't any desserts in the area. It was mostly like corner store foods and a couple, about two or three mainstream restaurants. So the menu was kind of built off what wasn't in the area. So it wasn't what we actually do to it, but it was like we were, it had a, it was a need for it. A need for it. Yeah, it pretty much had a need for it. So the menu was built off a need. Interesting. Because your cheesesteaks, and I guess it kind of makes sense now because I was reading about how your cheesesteaks are not their traditional cheesesteaks. No, we didn't try to replicate something that's not broken. We basically just want to put our Texas spin on what a cheesesteak should be like. And so Chris jumped in the kitchen and just started whipping up what we now call the home of the Texas cheesesteak. That's so cool. Will you describe what is that for someone who has yet to drool all over your website? We didn't go with the traditional bread, the Amarosa, because we did a little test run on the 4th of July and it was like they wasn't used to it. So we we found the French hoagie that would still hold up just as good as the Amarosa. And the way we prepared, we put a lot more love and more uh, more no, we put a lot more love, and we actually take the the ingredients and uh, the ingredients and the vegetables and everything, and saute them and cook them on a grill together instead of cooking them in, in different portions and then combining them together. Now that's fun. And how many different cheesecakes varieties do you have? We had seventeen at first, and we actually kind of consolidated down to about eight. We got about eight or nine now. What's your top seller? This couple of ribs, they're called with sauteed bell peppers and onions, chicken and steak with um, our house rub, and they come with provolone, pepper jack, and American cheese. You can get in a 6, 8, and a 12-inch. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You guys open the doors to a line out the door. You've got all these cheesesteaks, and then what happened during COVID? Well, during COVID, it was just a scare for everyone because the city shut down. And so one of the wins was for us that they let the restaurants be open so people could get food. So we actually had to transition into the style of how we uh, uh, served the food. We were uh, dining and we went to more just takeout only. So we redesigned the way that our restaurant was made just in case it happens again. We actually have a door where you can just come and just pick up, you know, your orders and things like that. So we had to just basically go into um like we were our own carriers where people just called in their orders and you were able to just come in and pick up. So it took a lot of love out of uh, just the experience of being at Southside Steaks and Cakes because we call ourselves the cheese steak trap. And so when you're in, you're listening to music. We have dominoes, cards, you know, and just things like that. So COVID, it was really just scary because you didn't know where you're, you didn't know it. Any industry did not know, you know, where it was going to go or what was going to happen. 
but we were able to still serve people food. So we were able to keep all of our employees except like two. We gave them an option. We gave them an option at the time based on health if they wanted to stay or go. But if they decided to stay, we were like, hey, we're going to thug this out together, make sure everyone gets paid, and we're just going to change the way that we do things. So basically just the way that we presented the food changed for us. So when did you guys apply to the fair? Throughout the time of us just serving during the fair, a lot of customers that worked at a lot of customers that worked at the fair, employees and just customers, period, they would always come in and say, Hey, you guys should be in a fair. You should be in a fair because we sell fried desserts. So we were selling funnel cakes. We had fried Oreos. Fried Oreos. Fried honey buns, mm-hmm. ice cream, pretty much all the scratch free scratch free fun food. The fun foods. And so they would come in and they would taste our cheesesteak and our wings. And they were like, hey, you guys should just definitely be, you know, inside the fair. And we actually had an item that we were selling uh, that won uh, the best savory. savory. It was the best savory. And they was like, hey, you guys have been selling this and it won in the state fair. So they got us excited and we started applying. But we were denied like three times, I think. And then COVID basically opened up the doors for us to be a part of the fair. There was a lady who had a lot of boots and I think because of age, she decided not to participate, you know, in the state fair again. And don't quote me on the numbers, I don't know, but I think she had about- 10, I think, eight to 10. 10 boots or something or a little higher. And some of them went to uh, old, to people who were already in the fair. And then we were awarded one of the six that was there. That's so amazing how things work, isn't it? You had to make a new door (laughs) in your restaurant to have people come in, and then you have this door open, and then what happens when you get into the fair? Basically, when we got into the fair, we just kind of focused on like the main things, uh, getting the product out really fast, not running out of inventory, and staffing. And we was faced with the, um, we we didn't know if we was gonna be able to keep the restaurant open, and the fair, so we had to actually close down the restaurant just to concentrate on the fair. So we closed for the, we actually closed a little bit longer than the fair. So that was the biggest thing that we had to accomplish on the fair to make sure that we was to run a, a successful concession stand. But we proved that that we can do it. Did you make as much money at the concession stand at the fair as you do in a day at the restaurant? Well, you know, the fair, you have way more traffic, so you're going to make Five to six times way more. Oh. I think they say, I don't know the exact numbers, but um, the fair generates a lot of income. Wow. That's so cool. I have, I have three questions that want to come out at the same time, and I'm trying to figure out which way to go. The other cool thing that happened at the fair, I had to go look up. This is this is your creation, right, Nicole? No, it was actually Chris's. Oh, it's yeah. Chris's creation. Okay, okay, gotcha. I mis I misread that somewhere. So describe the the peanut butter paradise. Want to describe it? <laughs> so basically, um, it's a honey bun. It's dipped in fall cake. Then we fry. Then we inject it with corn. That same hole that we injected with corn, we added Reese's cups to it to plug up that hole and we put Reese's pieces on it with powdered sugar. 
and a lot of different them. That's the part that I come in. I'm a candy fanatic. I love to eat candy. So he sprinkled all the, the different uh, candies that are made with peanut butter in, in honor of me. Yeah. So you had your Reese's Pieces, uh, Butterfinger Crumbles. All my favorite candies were on top of the peanut butter paradise. So when you put this together, did you have any any inkling that you would be in the running for the award? To be honest, I, I already knew I was going to win <gasps> because of you did. No, I'm, no, seriously, like it was so much that went into the honey bun. I actually grew up eating it, and it had so many stories behind it. So I knew it was a winner. I just had to be creative to make sure that it was tasteful. And one of our one of our clients, he was falsely accused of a murder that he didn't commit. I think he did like 20 years, 20 to 30 years, so around there. And he had the same story that I had. So I just had to create a product with that story and push it out there. And that's what I came up with. The first two drawings, it didn't look as tasteful. And then once I got it down, I made it look like a little island. And I actually triggered the pieces piece like it was little people. So I had a vision and it had the taste. So I kind of, See the once I saw the competitors not bra- not Brady left it. Uh, it was have been a whole different ballpark. He was telling me, "Hey, you better get ready to do your speech." He kept just speaking it into existence because he was like, "We're gonna win," and I was on his back because you only have a timeline to present your idea. So like this year, uh, they start accepting applications. I think like May first, and it's due by the fifteenth. So next week we have to be thinking of what we're doing. And you have some people they prepare all year just to win the contest but he basically already had his ideas and we actually made it to the savory but just to the semifinals but we decided not to carry that item so when we got the call just to that we report they was like are you guys okay because it's like a secret so we couldn't let staff know or anything and so i'm in the back and i'm screaming like inside like chris come here like we got in but the staff didn't know what was going on so we actually competed in both and made it to the semifinals and actually won. So I was so happy because I basically just finally was like, we're winning because he spoke it. So for me to just see him say, this is what's going to happen. And then from where it came from, one of the ideas was from a guy who was uh, formerly incarcerated um, and he was accused falsely. And he just happened to be at our restaurant one day. Uh, trying some food and he was like hey this kind of reminds me of when I used to go retire to my room after feeding a lot of people and um, a lot of the people who were in jail and he would spread the peanut butter on the honey bun so it was just so many stories with Chris's uh, childhood me liking peanut butter candy it just all came together and then I actually I hope me was created so I actually been practicing for this for seven years that they're making any sense we don't do nothing Practicing kind of... Practicing for the fair? Or no, what do you just mean? my creativity. It just the point that Omni U is kind of set up where we add a twist to everything. So it was just the point of adding a twist to that dessert. Like, I had other idols that I could have entered into the fair. So it was like... It was like a lot of practice put into it, but that was like like the actual main event. The main, I- main item that came out of it. And this was in... So in 2020, you won. Was it? No, we just won 2021. Yeah, 2021. So were the other um, people who were at the fair for a long time, like, what are these rookies coming in, yep. getting first place? Actually, it was kind of weird because 
we didn't even understand the process. So through every step of it, we had to call and like, hey, what should we do next? What do we do now? What do we do now? So actually winning and not knowing the process, that meant more. It's like you don't even know what type of game it is, but you, it's, you're in the finals. Yeah, because I remember going to set up and everyone had decorations or were getting ready, but we didn't even know that we were supposed to be decorating because it's a whole production. Mm-hmm. Like it's the secret, but it's a production. You have to create whatever your image is you, or whatever your product is. You have to build like an image of what it's going to be. So I'm telling Chris, hey, we need to get this table ready. So he went and built a whole paradise island on our table, you know, just for the product. So everything just came together. So it was awesome. And as the other contestant winners, they were congratulating us. Some of the people who had won before, they said, well, we knew that you guys would be our competition. So that felt good because we, the first year that we were in the fair, we didn't know that people really noticed us. We just came in with a job to do. We were learning about the fair because it's totally different from running a restaurant of concessions. You have to get things over the counter really fast. And especially like OU Texas, Grambling Purview, Columbus Day, you just have long lines. Like we had employees falling out, you know, uh, and everything just because of the heat. So it was like totally just a different experience for us. But we were just so excited that we completed the 24 days. And then to come in as first time uh, contestants and win, it was just, I was overjoyed. Did all that that publicity helped the restaurant people know more about you because of it yes i think it brought a lot of notoriety um we've always had traffic at the restaurant but now we get people from all walks of life to come and visit we get a lot of tours a lot of people from out of town i think like 30 percent of our sales daily is people that's actually just came to town like we get a lot we get a lot we got we got howard tension We'll get a lot of new customers daily. So this is probably a good transition to one of the other questions I wanted to ask you about. You talked about the experience of coming to your restaurant, and you called it a trap? The cheesesteak trap. <laughs> the cheesesteak trap. Would you just explain a little bit about how you guys came up with that? It came from COVID. And speaking to you, wanted to hear. Yeah, so basically... That morning I had woke up, I just heard on the news that restaurants would be closing, the city would be shut down. And so I'm just listening. I'm like, so how do how did that operate? Like, how can they just shut the world out like that? So I heard that play in my head while I was asleep. But I looked at it from a positive aspect. I said, so if we can open, what would you do? So come to find out, certain restaurants, like we didn't sell alcohol. A lot of ones that kind of have alcohol, they have to close to redo anything on the and everything like that. So we um, saw an opportunity to come to downside. I mean, you even smaller to get products out really, really fast. So we, I created a menu that wouldn't take that much time with the same ingredients just in case COVID did hit and they said you could open. I would have no products left over. So I was just moving them in smaller deployments and making a different product. Like, and that caused it to be a trap because we was rolling it really fast and get it out really quick. So I went down to like items from $20 down, but don't take more mm-hmm. than two or three minutes to prep the size of the ones. And it was taking something from, you know, just our community that's looked at negative and putting a positive spin on it. 
So he was like, hey, we're just going to trap the restaurant out. We're just going to get in there. You, you can trap doing anything. Like if you're into music, you can just, it's just called hustling and working hard. And so that's where the conversation came from. And who, so who runs your social media? Pretty much. Um, we run it, but we're not no experts at it. So we kind of be freelancing and just posting. We're listening for the short of the content. You're funny. You guys are funny. I was rolling out looking through your social media. The 420 stuff that you guys had yes. up. I know you guys go to Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I've been in Oklahoma. Yes. And I saw that 420 and I thought, oh, yes. hello. We tried. Maybe. <laughs> but I thought it was so smart. So cute and inventive. And, and that was one of the things that uh, she's a little more conservative than I am. So I kind of be leaning one two ways. Like. I give it a chance because I know I don't live that lifestyle. So it's fun to go transitioning from a different lifestyle to getting their clean cut. So to have fun with basically what goes on every day and have the same, use the same terminology, but with different meanings and different products, I just found it really fun. So I just be pushing the envelope a little bit, but I, I enjoy it. Suzanne, can we, so can we pause just a second? Yeah. Okay. My son's school is blowing me up, so I don't know what's going on. Okay. Dang, I missed it. They call like six times in a row. I'm sorry. They just That's stopped. okay. I'm going to hit stop. Okay. okay. Now, this is Susanna jumping in. We paused here at this point so they could take a call from their kids' school. And in the process, we talked a little bit about the podcast audience. And so you'll notice things are a little bit looser after the break. Okay, back in. <laughs> I mean, this is podcasts. It's not radio. And so you can cast on a podcast. Oh, because okay. oh, he asked me not, not us before we were talking to church. Like, I was trying to see what type of <laughs> podcast it was because like I said, I'm a little more on the Lydia side. Was kind of like making me uncomfortable because I don't know how to talk. To you. you get oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 a reformed I, sailor. So we with the construction worker accent, and a, 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 I can't remember how it goes. It's got a, a something dialect. But anyway, what I really want to know is who is the original Scooter Mac? Yeah, I'm the original Scooter Mac. <laughs> And I saw on your Facebook page, you've been a hustling MFR since age yeah, nine. Yeah, so if we could be real now, like, I was selling book covers that was free at age eight years old. Just you to were get selling lots. book covers book that were covers. free? Like, book covers came with a free pizza coupon. So I used to make sure I get all the book covers to sell them to them, and they was actually free. And that's how I got my lunch. So I've been selling products since I was eight years old. And then from... I've been working since I was 12, selling candy. Got my first job on my birthday in 16. Been working ever since, and, you know, 18 to 20-something. Kind of got involved with a different life. I was still selling products, but illegal products. So I always sold a product. I've been a salesman since I was 8 years old. And now you're you're selling cheesesteaks and funnel cakes. God, I can't wait to come in and have one of those funnel cakes. Yeah. yeah. And it just feels so good. It just feels so good to be legit. Like, I'm one of the hustlers that never got caught. You know what I'm saying? So it feels good. 
to actually uh. transition without being punished. So I make sure that I do it in a godly way now to make sure that I'm giving back and I'm actually calm. I feel like I'm paying back for all the wrong I did because I didn't have to pay for it by doing good deeds. Yeah. So let's talk about how you, let's talk about some of the names that you have for your, you've taken the word trap, which trap actually means like a drug house or something. And so you're like, no, no, no. We're going to reclaim that name and we're going to make it something fun. (laughs) And you also have, what are some of the names of some of your combo meals? I I don't remember, and I'm going to mess them up if I try and just. We have the nickel bag. It's a special, and it's where you get a quarter of a sub and fries for a nickel, which is $5, you know, in the hood community. (laughs) And then we have the dime set. So a dime set would be like $10 worth of weed or a quarter in the streets. So you get four wings and a little side order of a steak shows, which we call, they're like nachos, but they're cheese steak. We call them steak shows. And so we have uh, items that are called pre-roll, pre-roll blunts. Of- got angel dust, bust down, straight drop. We got drink. Like we got everything that a drug dealer. <laughs> we had El Jefe. And we even named some of our items before we had to shorten the menus off after local, uh, what would I call them? Like lo- local people in the communities, yeah. in the community. So it's kind of fun because you have teachers, professionals, pastors, doctors, Lord, coming in there. And it's just fun, like, to say it, you know, like, hey, can I have a Don set? Do they so, just like hee 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 in the corner and just giggle? Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. So on, on the flip side, we also got names of different neighborhoods that kind of supported us over these years. So we have like West Dino, the North Side, South Side. You know, we got like PG, like every neighborhood that doesn't feel PG is like Plays and Grow. Yeah. And West Dino is West Dallas. You know, that's where I'm from. <laughs> from West, they call it Trinity Groves now, but that's the area that I grew up in. And then I graduated from South Oak Cliff, which is like the home of the Golden Bears. So we had to throw like South Dallas and Southside in. There. So we had to, we had, we had took it off the menu. We had to um, Cliff Club. It was a sub. The Cliff Club. Oh, so, uh, that's fun. Yeah, but it had to come off. It, they could, we're still honored if they know we have a secret menu on the stuff that we used to have. We still honor, but the new people don't know about it, so we don't have to make that yeah. many. But everybody in the kitchen still know how to. Actually, it was just due to the price of food. Like when COVID happened, food prices, I mean, food uh, product, the price soared, just inflation. So in order to keep our employees, we had to cut down on costs. So we couldn't carry this big variety. We had to actually look at what sold the most and what we could replicate, you know, at the same uh, cost uh, increments. Uh, to just save so we had to decrease the menu a lot but it's still fun and when you come in you just it's a vibe like can't wait to you you know come visit because you actually get to let your hair down and roll your sleeves up it's so comfortable like some people feel like they're on their own living room mm. and that's what you want like we want people to walk like i told them when they walk through that door whatever they was going through before they get there make sure you give them something to be happy about like make them feel more important than anybody else make them feel the entire day and you're competing with people that you haven't seen so you need to make them feel very important so it actually is a place where it's comfortable it's not disrespectful everything is like 
according to the crowd. Like, if we got a bunch of people that look like they listen to blues, we're going to listen to blues. We got a bunch of people that look like they listen to gospel, we're going to listen to gospel. One person changed the atmosphere, we change for that one person. If we do listen to track music, we don't, we don't listen to music that degrades women and just too, too vocal. But you will have a custom, couple of cuss words every now and then, but we try to make sure we minimize where it's like some of the rappers that's mainstream that they, the kids them not know the songs anyway. So we'll play, but we play it at a certain time and they right, right around close. We'll play more trap music, but. And we're not that big, but you have people getting up dancing sometimes and on their lunch break, they're playing dominoes or against their uh, peers. So it's just a lot of love and a lot of fun. So that's the thing that we miss most when COVID was there. We didn't get to really see our patrons or customers because we call them family now. So I'm so happy that it's over with and, you know, people can come back in and see us. What's, aside so. from COVID, what's a hard day for you guys? You know, being small business owners, it's tough. It's, it's, ju it's judgment uh, time because she's a realtor 24-7. So in the morning, whoever had the most race the previous day, they turn them on. So sometimes I turn them on. Like if I know she better all night doing deals, I got to make sure I feed the kids, take the kids to school. So it's the point of switching shoes and being comfortable. She might have to cook. I might have to cook. When I tell her I, I just don't feel like talking, she got to understand that the restaurant just took me down. Like just giving that customer service all day and she talks for a living and I'll be finished. So it's the, it's the juggling of parenting and switching and putting on different shoes and jackets. But and from a restaurant aspect, the hardest part, because we stay pretty busy, so we're not like hurting uh, financially or struggling in the restaurant business, is having enough employees to actually um, run the business. Like we're not performing as high as we could. And what I mean by that, like right now, we don't do Uber Eats, we don't do DoorDash, we don't do any of those or call-ins because we can't handle it just because there isn't enough staff right now. So right now what we're working on is just getting stacked up. It's like when COVID happened, a lot of people just turned into entrepreneurs. So it's kind of hard to hire somebody, especially in our area, because it comes with like a stigma, you know, of just the area that we're in. And then the restaurant industry, most restaurants actually use pre-cooked products. We actually cook into order. So you actually working like you're really working. Like we got to actually cut vegetables every day. You got to make sandwich for sandwich. You know what I'm saying? The preparations go real deep. As a lot of people's not used to really working their field school. We you cook our fries. We cook for everything. Yeah. Make our like ranch. Some of our seasonings we make. Some of our. So it's like a lot of stuff is just handmade. So it's fresh off the grill. So most of the time the complaints is because of the weight, but it's like you want fresh food or do you want fast food? It's not on the line. So we get a lot of great reviews just on a taste and it's because it's made to order. When it's like a bad review, it's probably because we messed up or like the way that we think what they were saying, you know, or something like that when they were ordering. Like it get real they get real detailed with the sandwich. They might say, I want four jalapenos. <laughs> you might have put five on it. I'm like six. So it's like the persistence that go to a sandwich is ours is not traditional. So it's kind of hard to be perfect. But we work on confection, so we kind of walking all the way down the line where someone checks it before it go out. So what do you, if if I were to interview you next year at this time, what do you hope 
that you have, do you have any goals or I want to have yeah. this done by I next think. year, five years, mm -hmm. or what do you see okay. south side? We'll say next year. Next year we're going to dream big. Next year I want to own a trailer. I want three concession booths. I want to be in a concession world. I want to be able to travel, go to different cities, different fairs, and pull up with my trainer and do that. I still want to keep my first baby, and I want to be able to at least hand that down. And when I say hand it down, I want someone else to run it and basically operate as the owner. But I want to build this mega south side in the city for the ground up where I can pretty much I'm a, I've been doing real I've been doing retail for like 15 years. I want to be able to sell some merchandise, food like a basically like a crocodile with a trap crocodile. <laughs> yeah. So I want to sell the food clothes. I just want to be able to have all there in like a big beautiful house. I love it. And to hire because right now in our restaurant, uh, we started as a nonprofit opportunities knocking at the door. So the staff that we hire, they have, they're trying to get a second chance. Like some of them, uh, they've had like a hard role. And so we give them a chance and we're teaching them like entrepreneurs uh, skills and just how to go to the next level. A lot of people that have worked for us, they now have their own businesses. Uh, some of them are going to school, you know, for to to be an entrepreneur. So they basically just made a better life. Some of them have homes. Now they have uh, apartments or a car. So we kind of feed into our staff and just show them different things. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So what, you know, take them off the streets, give them something productive. So you want to make sure you house them more people in the next four or five years? <laughs> no, it's before four years ago, right? Smart housing, yeah, because it all ties together. Like, we, she's housing her feet. If we could tie together and build people up, that's the perfect picture. Like, able to give them a home, give them a career, and they just be this super person. So he said that because I'm working on a goal to where I would like to actually like build a home or give an investment property to like my staff. Because a lot of times when I interview people and I'm like, what's your five-year goal? A lot of them is like, I just want to have my own place. And I'm like, wow, you know, they just want to have their own place. So this is much bigger. I think God put us in a place to where we can grow and just continue to help people. But at the same time, they can relate because it's like they come in an environment and it's the lingo. I don't know. It's just like a perfect it's, word. It's the person culture. Like we was able to stay true to ourselves. That's Wait, where I say love that again. We was able to stay true to who we was culturally. True. Oh, oh okay, yeah. got it. So that feel that's the the best feeling ever to actually not have to change who you are to be successful. Like that's the biggest joy that I have with right now. Just knowing that I can still be Scooter Mac, and I have to be Christopher if I don't want to be, and I could be Scooter Mac in the business still grow. Like right now, the world where the city know who I am and they respect me for who I am. Wear spring t-shirts that say naughty stuff all the time. I'm, I'm just that type of dude, but I'm very respectful and I care about my clientele. Like, I truly like, she's a review reader. I don't read reviews. I mean, she's shooting to me all day because I know I'm giving it my all. When you're giving it your all, you don't need that one person to break your spirit for that day. So I'll wait till the end of the day and let her call me and say, well, this lady said her burger was cold. Well, then she's on the phone for 20 minutes before she locked out with her arm. So I know that I'm giving it 150 and I know I'm putting everything in it. So I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do it for my people. And I'm actually showing an average dude that's from the streets that didn't have nothing. 
you don't have to be the smartest one in the world or you don't have to be set up. You can build something from nothing, right? The restaurant was built from nothing with no training, no, no background in the restaurant industry, no staff. You know, we had people come in here and they're like, God never left us where we broke down. He always added somewhere in there where we thought we was about to have someone. Like, we'd be at point right now, I'm out of town now, right now, I don't think we'll be able to go. You know, I'm like, yeah, I am because I have faith. Then you got to put stuff in place. When we got that, we got, when we get back, we got so many interviews. So I just feel when you're really serving your people, you're going to get what you want. And get what you need. You get what you get need. What you you got to get what you yeah. need. Yeah. So I'm just so happy I still get to be who I am and be successful in the business. Well, you guys, I'm so happy for all of your success. I just, I love going through all of your Facebook stuff and reading all of the stuff that you guys have written and what you're trying to do and the food looks amazing. Um, I can't wait. I honestly didn't know that there was a place where I could get funnel cakes outside of the fair. They're my favorite. So yes. I'll be coming to see you soon and hug your necks like the family that you already feel like you are. What do you want to talk about that I didn't talk about with you? Is there anything that you want to bring up that you want people to know that, man, I wish you would have asked me this. I want, we need help with social media, Mitch. <laughs> so I'm basically like creating this stuff, but if there's anyone listening that that's your feel and we could still be us and you can capture it on camera and help us just go to the next level with marketing. Um, anyone that can give us ideas on retention of employees or normally when our staff works for us, we, we get them, but it's just getting enough decent, you know, employees to work. Um, that's the only thing that I have so I have far. Two suggestions I think you pretty you. much covered. Just, I just met a woman the other okay. day. And so I'll pass her along to you. And then I have a business coach that I've worked with that I really, um, that I, I don't know. I can't really tell where you guys are in your journey, but you can talk with him and see if maybe he might bring some value. So, and then how can people awesome. find you? Where are you guys? We're located in uh, at 3125 Al Lipscomb Way in South Dallas, Texas. It's right near the fair park. You can basically walk from the fair park uh, to get there in the zip code is 75215. Sometimes on MapQuest, it still comes up as Grand because the address used to be 3125 Grand, but it's 3125 Al Lipscomb. You can find us on Facebook. We have a little Instagram post and we're doing a little bit of TikTok, but Facebook is our normal just a, a social media platform right now. And what are your hours? When do you close? Uh, we uh 10.30 to 8. That's Monday through Saturday. And it's 8 o'clock, not 7.59, 8 o'clock. <laughs> so as long as you make it through those you doors. At 7.59, we will serve. We will serve you, and you can stay in. And if we open the doors at 10.30, but glue comes out hot and fresh at 11. And so Sundays right now are our wrist days. Good for you. Well, you guys, it was so nice having you. Thank you so much for, I'm so glad that we were able to do this and you made time. I know that you're out of town in Ohio. So thank you again for doing this. Thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, so our insurance story of the week. This was actually not our client, I will say that, but because we've been talking about jewelry coverage, 
I thought maybe we should tell this story. Um, there was a guy who was going to propose to his girlfriend, and so we called his insurance agent to get the ring insured, right? It's like a $95,000 ring, so it's good to get it insured. They go, they're on a beach, he pops the question, but something happens. She ends up throwing the ring into the ocean, right? Not good. So he calls back and he's like, hey, I need to make a claim. Um, she threw the ring in the ocean. We got into a big fight and they said, I'm sorry, it's not going to be covered. That's considered an intentional act and not covered on the insurance policy. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Please go to giveagencydallas.com to tell us what you think about this podcast and anything you'd like to hear next. Have a good one. Bye-bye.